Uh, first of all, I just hope that those who are very disappointed that Kansas City didn't win have overcome their sense of loss. There are five elements in today's gospel worth thinking about. The first is the man with leprosy approaching Jesus. The second is the man's interesting request to be made clean, not healed, but to be made clean. The third is the nature of divine compassion. The fourth is the man showing himself to the priests. The final element is the damage that man did to Jesus. In antiquity, leprosy was a generic term for every skin condition from dandruff to psoriasis to the classic bacterial infection we today call Hansen's disease that results in grotesque deformities of the face and the limbs. There was nothing to treat the disease or ease the pain it created. Once the diagnosis was made by the priests, the sufferer was no longer the focus of concern. Keeping the rest of the community safe from contamination became the priority, and the only way to do that was to enforce strict isolation of the sick. The sufferer was forbidden to have any interaction with family, friends, synagogue, or the temple. The sufferer came under the injunction we heard in the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, verses 45 through 46. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare, and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The sufferer was condemned to an agonizingly slow death sentence in total isolation unless his or her condition changed on its own. So it is an amazing thing that this man came up to Jesus. It took tremendous courage. The courage to defy the law. The courage to refuse the status imposed on him as some kind of revolting, deformed creature. And the greatest courage of all, to dare to hope while having what was universally thought of as a hopeless condition. Why did that man approach Jesus? We don't know. Uh, some suggest that he probably would have heard the gossip about Jesus as a healer. I think there was much more to this. The sacred text tells us that when he came to Jesus, he knelt before the Lord. This is important because kneeling was often a sign of worship, of total abandonment to the person one was kneeling before, a total surrender of the self. That man barred from participating in the worship of the temple or his own synagogue, found in Jesus one he could worship. Sometimes it is only when everything is stripped away from us we discover what is most important. We see reality clearly. 
The second element of the story is the man's request. It's critical to note that he did not say to Jesus, Jesus, please restore my facial features. Please, Jesus, give me back my fingers. Give me back my hands, my arms. It would have been perfectly understandable if he had made such a request. But he didn't. The text reads, the man begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Being clean is not so much physical as it is cultic, spiritual. To be clean, katharizo, in the Greek of the gospel, carries the strong sense of wanting to be restored to a right relationship with God. At some level, despite that man's physical pain, the psychological trauma created by intense isolation, and the spiritual suffering of being exiled from the synagogue and his temple, he perceived Jesus as someone who could help. The Torah couldn't help. The temple priests couldn't help. His family and friends couldn't help. The medical skills of the time couldn't help. But he perceived, he saw, he believed that Jesus could make him clean. The third element in our gospel account is the divine mercy. Jesus was more than willing restore the man to a right relationship with God. And to prove it, the Lord did something shocking. Jesus touched the man and said, I do will it be made clean. And from that moment, the man was cleansed. He was restored physically, psychologically, but most critically, he was restored spiritually. There was a lesson to be learned by all who witnessed this miracle. It was commonly believed that anything, anyone, touched by one afflicted with leprosy immediately became unclean. Jesus, however, demonstrated that the divine compassion is never made unclean by any human condition. And the divine compassion will not tolerate any human condition from separating one from the love of God. The fourth amazing element of the story is Jesus' instruction to the man to say nothing but show himself to the priests. Just as a priest made the diagnosis of leprosy, so too a priest had to give a clean bill of health for one to rejoin society, rejoin his family, worship in the temple. Jesus wanted the man to fulfill the Torah, to fulfill the law perfectly. The man then would have been required by the law to show himself to the priest, to be declared clean, and he would have to offer a sacrifice of two birds in accordance with Leviticus chapter 14, verses 3 through 7. One bird would be slaughtered. The second bird would be dipped in the blood of the first and then set free. With that man, now cleansed, 
restored to a right relationship with God, later understand that every man and woman has been dipped in the blood of Jesus through the mystery of the cross, set free from sin and death? We don't know. The gospel doesn't tell us. But then the real question, of course, is, do we understand? Do we see how we've been cleansed, restored to a right relationship with God? The final element in the gospel account is Jesus' insistence that the man say nothing of what had happened. Now, that was a pretty tall order. Imagine the man's enthusiasm as his life was restored to him. Still, Jesus wanted to keep the reality of being the Messiah a secret until it was the right time to reveal the truth. That the man could not contain his joy is understandable. But by using his newly restored freedom to broadcast what had happened meant that Jesus had to keep away from society. Or as this gospel tells us, it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. In a sense, Jesus had to suffer something of the isolation that man was liberated from. Divine compassion had to pay a heavy price for that man. The gospel is asking us to consider there is no limit to what Jesus will do for one who desires to be cleansed, to be restored to a right relationship with God, to enter into true worship where one finds not only God's love but one's own dignity as a person made in his love and image that no disease, no tragedy, no sin can alter. We will see this played out ultimately in the Passion readings for Palm Sunday and Good Friday, where in the mystery of the life-giving cross, Jesus poured out his life for all who ever lived then, who lived on the earth now, and who ever will live on this earth. Divine compassion does indeed pay a heavy price for every human soul, and it does so with love. <laughs>